0: This is episode two of Activate with Michael Dash. My name is Eric English, and in each episode, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you reach your greatest goals. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. Hey, everyone. I just wanted to take a quick moment to tell you how grateful I am that you've connected with the Activate podcast in our early phase of launch. I'm excited as we go into the second episode with Michael Dash. He and I connected on social media when his assistant sent me a message. And when we had our first phone call together, I knew right away that Michael would be perfect for the show. I believe his story and his insights are going to bring great value today. But the most fascinating thing is going to be around how Michael's heart and outlook on life has changed over the years. So without further ado, we'll get into the show. Welcome to the second episode of Activate. very excited to have Michael Dash here. Uh, Michael and I connected through social media, the power of social media. His assistant brought us both together and I'm blessed to be able to have a conversation with Michael today. He's got a very unique story. We share the same affinity in that we're both running small businesses in the great country of uh, America. And I'll just start off, Michael, by asking you to just give us a, a quick story. Where did my, you grow up and, you know, where, how did you end up where you are today?
1: Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, thank you for having me. I, uh, I'm on a, uh, a little mission now to, uh, to get my story out there um, and really show other entrepreneurs um, that uh, challenges will await you. And they will happen, and that is part of being an entrepreneur And it's about how we attack these challenges and overcome these challenges that will really allow us to be successful, but also allow us to stay in a positive state of mind for, uh, for not only ourselves, uh, but for everybody around us. So, mm-hmm. so thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, so I have an interesting story. I grew up in uh, Bergen County, New Jersey, um, middle-class family. My father was an entrepreneur, um, and, uh, had a younger brother, two and a half years younger than me. It was just the two of us and our parents, uh, our immediate family wasn't really around us, um. Uh, or excuse me, our extended family uh, was a, lived a little ways away. So it was kind of all of us. I, I kind of followed my dad around. Uh, I always wanted to, knew I'd follow in his footsteps. My brother kind of uh, na- navigated more towards my mom. Um, that's why I used to have him iron my shirts, because uh, she was awesome at that, <laughs> uh, and I was terrible. Um, but my mom was great at a million other things as well. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, I got the entrepreneurial bug, you know, working for my dad. I mean, he had me working since I was 10 years old. Um, and even though I told him he was breaking the child labor laws, he, he threatened me with no dinner. So, uh, you know, I complied. Um, That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I went to school, I went to college at the University of Maryland. Um, you know, I, uh, throughout high school, I actually was the first person who had a job in my uh, class. I was a little bit older than everybody, so I had an advantage. I could work before they could, um, but I always worked. Um, I enjoyed working. I enjoyed making money. Um, I wanted to be successful, so I had. I was working on the Garden State Parkway with uh, you know a little uh, little visor on, handing out donuts at the uh, newsstand stop uh, on the Parkway uh, as people drove by.
0: You were hustling.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was I was doing what I could and uh you know, then I transitioned to working for my father a lot when I got into college at the University of Maryland. I started doing door to door sales. I sold home improvements for three of the four years that I was there to help uh help pay th- uh, for college. Um but I was very fortunate my parents took care of most of that. Um and um so after I graduated, um, you know, I have a jo- had a job in New York. I was working for a sports marketing company. I was mm. very much into sports. So I was selling sports advertising, and I did that for four years. And uh, I really wasn't um, in line with um, the company and their morals. Um, I really didn't believe in what they were doing after I figured out uh, what I was actually doing. I was pretty naive coming out of college, but you know, I was making a lot of money. Uh, I was working 12-hour days and you know, I made six figures my second year out of college, which would have back then.
0: Um, That's crazy. That's crazy, yeah.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of money, but I, I really didn't feel ethical about what we were doing um, and the way we were approaching it. Um, so, uh, I decided to leave. My best friend was in staffing and he told me, He thought I'd be great at it and I should come and join him. So I went into the staffing world. Um, I worked for another company for one year in New York. um, And then 9-11 happened. Uh, And then I transferred over and worked with my buddy for four years. Mm -hmm. While I was working with him, I came across an opportunity with E-Trade Financial. And they said they had no work back east. But if I knew somebody in Sandy, Utah, of all places, they're trying to hire 200, financial service reps in three and a half weeks Um, and I knew one person in Utah and I had worked with her previously at that first staffing company I mentioned so I called her up we put a bid together and we actually won the bid um shockingly um so I took my two-week vacation I flew out to Utah we put a team together and we filled all 200 of those positions and from that we got projects in Alpharetta, Georgia, Jersey City, and Tampa, Florida we filled 800 positions for E-Trade Financial in one year
0: Wow, wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was, uh, you know, I still haven't made as much money as I made that year because I still had my full-time job, right? Um, And I was doing this on the side. So it was a complete side hustle. And some things happened at the company I was working with where uh, my best friend, who was president, Mm -hmm. uh, got into a dispute with the owner and ended up in a lawsuit. Um, he ended up losing his job. Um, so he had a, a one year not compete. I stayed six more months and I left. I had a six month not compete. The plan was to start a business together, mm-hmm. but in the interim, I had six months to kill. So I went out to Utah, um, and I helped start, um, parallel HR, uh, which, um, my ex partner, um, started with me. So, right, right. Um, Yeah, so I came out here and we started doing well right away. I landed a big account. We started really doing well in the account. And, you know, after six months, I had a decision to make to either stay here or go back to New York, which was the plan all along, work with my best friend, build a company Mm -hmm. together. He was offering me 30% and she was offering me 50%. And at that time in my life, every decision I made was based on money. Like it was, where can I make more money? That's how I ran my life because mm-hmm. I wanted the nicest watch, the best pinstripes on my suit. You know, I want to go to the clubs and pay for the tables. Sure. I want to be able to gamble whatever I want, which is, I, I was gambling back then. Um, I had a little issue with that, but um, 12 years clean now, knock on one. Um, so that's how I made my decisions. That was my small, you know, vehicle of, uh, of um, you know, thought. Mm-hmm. really. So, obviously, you know, I stayed in Utah. So, I left everybody I knew and moved to Utah knowing one person there and um, now I'm here. Yeah, I've been here yeah. for 10, 10 years. I brought her out five and a half years ago and, you know, 10 years later, I'm still in Salt Lake City, Utah and I tell that story because, you know, obviously with this accent, you wouldn't think I live in Utah um, and, uh, you know, it's important to, you know, just bring, bring that all together.
0: Yeah. Well, Michael, so you, you had quite the journey before you started on your entrepreneurial path. So for, and we talked about this a little bit before the show for our listeners, I'm really trying to connect to that person. That's either just starting, maybe they've been in business for a number of years or, or just somewhere in between, but giving them something that they can activate, um, inside of them greatness success so share some of the uh, the insights throughout your journey um, from where you started into where you are now um, and it can be tactical things it can be mindset so what what does that journey look like for you since you've been in Utah
1: Sure. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, that's a broad question. There's a lot I could hit on in there. So, you know, just just cut me off if, if, uh, if I keep going on. But um, I think the, the biggest thing is in the word "activate." It's act. You have to act. There's so many people who have all these ideas in their head about what they want to do, what they want to create, how they can create it. And they, they get stuck between their right ear and their left ear, like overthinking and rethinking and, and, and just not being able to kind of just put that fear aside and just move forward and act on something, whatever it is, whatever your heart is telling you to act on, act on. And, you know, at the time when I made a decision to come to Utah, you know, even though I was only making these, you know, uh, decisions based on finances, I had convinced myself in my head that that was the right decision. And that went to my heart. Like I didn't even have, uh, uh, my heart wasn't involved in any of the decisions that I made. It was all my head so if there's any advice i can give it's follow your heart because if you're not passionate about what you're doing eventually you're not going to be happy Mm -hmm. it might be really soon it might be later the money could sustain you for a little period of time it sustained me i thought i was happy but i wasn't i was actually uh, um Miserable when I look back on it. Um, so the number one thing I would say is act. And you don't have to have, you know, I started the business with nothing. Um, it wasn't a big investment to start a staffing business, right? You need a telephone and a computer, right? And maybe, yep. you know, pay pay a couple of these job boards. And you can start your business. And that's what we did. We never took any money up front. Now, later on, when I bought my ex-partner out, I did have to take a loan, you know, to, to pay that off. But that's five years into the business and we were doing close to 5 million uh, in revenue at that point. Mm -hmm. So act is the first thing. And, you know, the fears that you have are normal. Mm -hmm. Everybody has them, you know, it's about conquering those fears and fighting through them.
0: So, Um, so when it comes, okay. So you talk about fear, uh, Sometimes that motivates people. Uh, so, a couple of questions: Does fear motivate you? And fear that you've faced and that you've battled? Um, how have you battled that throughout the journey?
1: Well, it's it's not until really the last, I would say, year of my life have I gotten a hold of it. Um, and I've been around the game a little bit, so um, you know, it was a driving factor in in my life. I would not do things like this. I wouldn't speak out in fear of people judging me, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, I had a gambling addiction. I'm an addict now. Like people judge that. They look, you know, there's certain people that might look down on that, right? Um, And there was a point in my life where I cared, but I've gotten past that And, you know, I've started to open up uh, about my story because there's so many people that are going through similar things that I have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've actually been in a lawsuit with my ex-business partner for over five years. Wow. And I didn't talk about it for the first four years. I kept it inside, and I was absolutely miserable. Now, I would go out with friends and be the life of, uh, you know, wherever we were, and joke around, and everybody thinks I'm having fun, and, you know, I'm happy and everything. But I would come home at night, and I would be miserable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right? Same thing. I would go to work. I would grind every day. And I'd come home at night. I'd be miserable. And the, I let the lawsuit do that to me. I mean, five and a half years, a long time. I've had friends yeah, who've been married and divorced in less time than this lawsuit has been going on. Wow. wow. Um, so, you know, that puts some context on it. Yeah, it, it does. And, um, and, and it's obviously cost me a lot financially as well, but I've learned some extremely valuable lessons. And, you know, again, one of the things, at least for me, is being authentic um, And and, you know, following what I feel is the right thing and what I feel is that hey I've made a lot of mistakes and I can help others just think about things from a different perspective you know I'm not going to tell anybody I'm not an authority on you know what you should do if you're in a lawsuit but I am an authority on how you can approach the challenges you're having dealing with it and those are the things that I've been uh, I've been able to over the last year, completely do a 180 in my life, things like meditating. And it doesn't have to be some huge like, commitment that you make mm-hmm. because that's kind of how I am. I've always committed to these huge things. So I've, I ran four marathons in five years. You know, I couldn't just run a couple five K's.
0: Yeah. You don't want to just run a mile. I'm going to run a marathon. That's how you decide. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, when you have an addictive personality like I do, um, you know, I shifted from gambling to to marathons. And then I've done a whole bunch of fundraising, but I just didn't do a little bit of fundraising. Like I got nominated for this man of the year, woman of the year fundraising uh, thing here in Utah for 10 weeks, where you're fundraising for 10 weeks straight as much as you can get. As much as you can do. And like, I, it kind of took over my life because I was like, I have to win. I have to win because that's the mentality I just had. Sure. Not like, Hey, you're doing a great thing for, you know, these kids who have leukemia and you know, the leukemia, uh, um, uh, you know, society there. Uh, but it's, no, I had to win.
0: Yeah. You want to be on top first place.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not a rational way of thinking um, because it's, there's so much more. It's such a bigger picture. Like we raised, I put a team together and they helped me. I put, a, I had events in New York, I had events in Utah. We raised $75,000 in 10 weeks. Mm. That's a lot of money and yeah. that surpassed my goal. But after, like the day after I found out I took second place and somebody raised 85000 I was upset. Like yeah. I wasn't happy. It took me two days to be like, take a step back and say, wait a second, you know, snap out of it put your ego aside you just raised 75 grand for LLS and um, I was able to do that and kind of move forward uh, with a more positive thought process about it because I you know it really was it was a great thing but you know I was stuck in my own head in my own ego thinking um, I didn't accomplish my goal but really the goal was to give back um, because like you and I were talking about before uh, the show um, you know, giving back, for me, it's a mm-hmm. selfish thing. I'll admit it. It has great ramifications, right, for who I'm giving back to. But All I right. do it because it fulfills me. And it makes me feel like a productive citizen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that puts me in a, a much better mental state in business, in, you know, in my physical being, in my mental being. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I do it. So, uh, I forgot the original
0: question, but yeah, that's okay. We were talking about fear. So you hit that. Yeah. That yeah, so, very, very good. yeah. As an entrepreneur, we are asked this question a lot about balance and you just hit on a lot of things about giving back and charity events and you've got your personal life and at least mentally running a small business that never turns off or it's hard to turn off mentally when we leave the office. So in your mind, what's your belief around this thing with balance? Is there such thing as balance when you're running your small business? And what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So it's, I mean, everybody talks about it, right? Balance, 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 it's a hot thing to talk about. Um, some people say there is balance. Some people say there isn't balance. They're like work-life balance. When you're an entrepreneur, that's what it is. It's work-life they're combined. They're one, they're not broken apart. I think I, I, I shared the belief uh, um, that there, there is such thing as balance, but I also share the belief that they are completely tied together when you're running a small business. Um, uh, there has to be times where you can shut it off. Um, I wasn't able to do that in the past. I took it everywhere with me and it's not healthy. And, um, So when we talk about, um, you know, achieving balance, um, I think it's more of having activities, having a variety of activities in your life that fulfill you in a variety of ways.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, that's how I describe it. So like I have, you know, when I don't go to the gym, I'm not as good as I can be mentally. Forget about the physical part of it because that's obvious, right? But mentally, I'm not as sharp as I can be. I'm not as happy as I can be. I'm not as positive as I can be. If I don't hit the gym four times over three, four times a week for an hour, then, you know, I can get, um, I can lose a little bit of my uh, of my edge, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that that's something that I've incorporated and and really try to stick to, regardless of what else is going on. Um, and it's easy with all the noise in the world today to get off track. Sure. Right. So the one of the things I did is I joined this this gym. Right. It's called Orange Theory Fitness. But you have to book your class, and if you miss it, you have to pay a fine. So it kind of a good me, idea. Yeah. Right. It holds me accountable because I'm already paying a monthly fee, and damn, if I'm going to pay a fine on top of that you know? Yeah. So I make sure I get to the class just because I don't, you know, it's just a principal thing almost for me. So, you know, that that's how I kind of hold myself accountable when it comes to working out and make sure that that's worked into my life. But, you know, other things that really fulfill me are like the volunteering thing, you know, like I, bring, I have a volunteer program at the company where I give employees uh, you know, up to uh, two days paid off throughout the year to volunteer for any organization that you know, they are Uh, that's close to them. And I also take the team, we just went to the homeless shelter to help, um, you know, organize the uh, inventory room, because the winter's coming up, they have a lot of donations coming in. And, you know, I brought the whole team there, we organized the whole room. I mean, again, that, that fulfills me. That's again, it gives you another perspective of the life that and the life we live and how fortunate we are because there's so many who aren't as fortunate, who maybe didn't have the opportunities we did or didn't have the environment to create something on their own. So it's, it's humbling and it really, uh, you know, it allows me to kind of make sure I keep my uh, head in the big picture Mm -hmm. and that the problems I'm dealing with, are insignificant I mean they're significant because they're your problems all problems of our own are significant because they're ours right but in the big scheme of things they're insignificant so why am I gonna like flip out on somebody or get angry on somebody or yell at somebody like I used to do
0: Mm -hmm.
1: why am I gonna do that that's only gonna hurt me then I'm carrying this negative baggage around and it it's heavy Mm -hmm. I mean it weighs a lot And I like, um, I'd like to live in a much lighter state.
0: Yeah, makes sense. So with, for me, I've been fascinated lately with well over the past year or so of leaders in the business world. And even going back to Stoics like Marcus Aurelius, they had practices in their life, whether it be morning or evening that were just part of their life. These daily routines, you mentioned meditation few minutes ago. Is, is that part of your daily routine? If it is or isn't, uh, what does your, do you have a daily routine that, that kind of sets up for your day or do you end your day a certain way each day? Yeah. So
1: meditation, I discovered about a year or so ago. I, I mean, I used to, you know, I'm an East coast guy, even though I'm living in the Midwest
0: and so City. don't let uh, the accent fool you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, right. <laughs> uh, um, but, um, But yeah, being an East Coast guy, I was very, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I just was, had this belief from my, I guess my parents, just how I grew up and everything, that a lot of this stuff was BS, right? That like meditation, energy, astrology, flow, like it's all BS. It's all a scam for people to make money off of you. Like that's seriously what I believed. Right. Uh, Because I just didn't know any better. And I believed that my whole life to like literally a year and a half ago. And um, I went to, um, you know, I went through some experiments with meditation, Um, one of which um, was transcendental meditation. And, you know, I saw this guru and I went to him for, I got introduced to him. He's here in Utah. And I went to him for like three straight days. So you go through this kind of ceremony thing. Yeah, you said Um, transcendental? Transcendental. meditation. Transcendental. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, they want you to meditate twice a day in the morning and at night for 20 minutes at a, a time. And it's got to be six hours before like you go to sleep and it has to be at least six hours in between. And so I went and everything, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I started doing it, and I realized that, you know, that it's, it, it's not right for me. It's too much. Like, meditating twice a day, six hours between, like, all this stuff. I'm like, well, this is very, like, um, you know, intensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't work for me. So I backed off, and I went to, I experimented. I went to some sound baths. If you've never been to a sound bath, I highly recommend it. it. I need to see if we have any in Central Florida. I'm not sure if we have. It's awesome. Go on, you know, uh, there's probably a group on Meetup.com or uh, you know, go on Facebook events. And you might mm-hmm. find something. They're popping up all over the place. They're very in right now, mm-hmm. and they're extremely soothing um, and really allow you to kind of uh, you know get in your own get in your own space and everything. Um, and, um, uh, so I went to some of those, I really enjoyed those, but I did want to incorporate something in, into my life. And, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Shark Tank. Uh, okay. I love watching yeah. Shark Tank, as probably most entrepreneurs are. And, you know, there was, uh, a, a, this woman on there talking about her meditation app called Simple Habit. And so I downloaded it and I started listening to it and I really enjoyed it because they're curated meditations for specific situations that, that you deal with. And, you know, one of the challenges uh, I've had is, is with sleeping and getting to sleep. Um, and so now I've shifted my meditations are at the end of my day and I, um, I go to sleep with a meditation and they're anywhere from five to 20 minutes. Um, And it's just, you know, it kind of just gets you in this relaxed state where you're doing deep breathing, you're focusing on, you know, your body and, you know, your belly, you know, breathing through your belly and up through uh, your chest and everything. And and it just completely relaxes me. And, you know, all the things that are going on in your head running a small business, uh, I'm able to kind of just quiet those. Yep. Yeah. And so that has really worked for me. Um, I am trying because it's a short meditation, 10 minutes while I'm and you do it while you're in bed laying down, which is great. Um, but I'm also, I am trying, um, to do some in the mornings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll be the first admit I'm not consistent with it. Right. Um, so, um, I listen to podcasts every morning, like a Mm -hmm. positive podcast to put me in a positive mindset. Mm -hmm. And again, this is something I adopted in the last year. I never did this before. Mm -hmm. I used to listen to sports radio and Howard Stern. And while they are both entertaining, Okay. There is no redeeming quality of either of those that are going to put me in a positive mindset to mm-hmm. walk into my office and probably within five minutes be asked several questions before I even get settled in by my yeah, yeah Right. And just be able to be the leader that I need to be and, and set, set that, um, that positive fun vibe in the office. Like I can't do that, uh, as effectively if, um, I'm listening to those other shows. So I really enjoy listening to some positive affirmations. And I do that in the form of podcasts in the morning. Um, and uh, and I do that on my drive to work. Um, and that's really helped also.
0: Nice. And you we, you mentioned you, you know, with the marathons and stuff. So we know you're into physical fitness. Do you find like a certain time of day that works for you around that? Or does that just kind of, you mix that up?
1: Uh, well, I'm pretty consistent with that. It's after work. After work. For me, it's always been after work, although I am envious of the people who can work out in the morning. Um, and I I, I, I do want to try to transition um, to that because it allows your day to be a lot freer. You know, after work, you know, if there's a work event I want to go to or if there's something that I need to go to uh, that on uh, my side hustle, right, um, that can get in the way of, working out and everything. So then I'm having a need. I would much rather incorporate it uh, into my morning routine and um, I'll get there eventually. It's always a work in progress.
0: Hey, it would work different strokes, right? For everybody. What if that works for you, then, you know, hold on to it. Yeah. So I want to talk about internal greatness and staying motivated around your goals. So what do you think uh, this could either be long term, right? Or today, So what can you do? What can people do to stay motivated around those long-term goals? What can they do from a long-term standpoint? And then what could they do today to be motivated around, say they want to start a new business or they've had this passion and it's a side hustle for them right now. What can they do to say, you know, be really committed to starting that as their full-time thing in a year from now?
1: Um, Well, I would say one of the most important things is surrounding yourself with positive successful people if you want to stay on track you need to be surrounded by people who are achieving things who want to build things and create things like like you want to um, because it is really toxic when you have negative people around you when you have people who tell you you can't do this that's not a good idea. Uh, good idea you know when they're they're just they're giving you reasons why you shouldn't versus empowering you and giving you reasons you should and being behind whatever you're doing. I'm working right now on a whole bunch of side stuff. Um, you know, I'm writing a book, um, I'm launching some videos, I'm going to transition into speaking, and I've been questioned, like, you know, why are you doing that?
0: <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: And, you know, it's, it, I mean, for me, it's simple because I've screwed up so much. I have so much knowledge to, to kind of get out there so others don't screw up like I did or at least right. have a different way to think and approach things than I did because I really didn't have a mentor going through this. I learned by making my own mistakes. The other thing I would recommend is getting a mentor, getting a coach um, and that comes back to valuing yourself enough to invest in yourself. Mm-hmm. I never valued myself, so I didn't invest in myself. So when I, like somebody talked about a coach, and I was like, "Oh, how much was it? How much is it?" That'd be my first question. Right, right. Because my thought process is already about money, right? Yeah. And then when I heard some of these fees, I'm like, "Oh, that's such a ripoff!" What? You know? Um, but um, but I've had a couple coaches. I've had like two or three different coaches. Um, you know, this year. And they've really helped me keep on track Mm -hmm. and hold me accountable. And it's always good to have somebody holding you accountable, even
0: as an entrepreneur. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So I would say those are, those are two major things that have really helped me. And the other is again, act right. If you want to start a business, but you haven't put together a business plan or an outline of what you want to do or how you're going to get there, then you're, you're fooling yourself. You really don't want to start a business. Mm -hmm. You say it, you speak it, it sounds good, but you're not doing anything about it. Mm -hmm. So how much do you really want to achieve that? You don't. And it's very easy for us to fool ourselves. I mean, we can fool ourselves every day. We can convince ourselves of anything negative or positive. So I would say you have to get started you're going to make mistakes and you're going to learn and you're going to, what you create initially isn't going to be what you end up, what your creation is going to end up looking like. Right. But it's just about getting out there. And, you know, so I've never really spoken in front of people. Um, and I've never like put myself out there. Like I'm about to launch a personal website with just all personal stuff about me. Talk about my addiction to the extent I do in my book and everything that, you know, I'm sure my parents are going to read. They have no idea about, it some of this stuff. Um, and you know, it is what it is. It's my story. It's my story to tell. And right. if they judge and if they're my other family, judge, that's fine. That's not my, it's not my judgments. It's theirs. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, um, I, that it's not gonna, it's not gonna stop me from following again, my heart, which is what is telling me that this is the right thing to do.
0: Right. Right. Here's a big question, Michael. What is Michael's purpose? What's your personal purpose, your mission?
1: So, I mean, my mission at this point in my life is, is p- pretty pretty clear, okay? I want to give back um, and help others avoid the pitfalls, avoid the challenges, um, or I shouldn't say challenges, obstacles um, uh, that I did not. Avoid, uh, allow people to understand that there's a different way to approach things. And there's a different way to think about things. Um, that's a major mission of mine. That is a major purpose of mine right now. Um, in addition to, and that falls into the giving back thing. I mean, I really would love to be able to take six months and go somewhere and volunteer. Like you were talking about before that, that you had the opportunity to do uh, earlier in your life. You know, I definitely will do that. Uh, I don't want to do that. I will do that. I don't know when, but right. I will do it. I will do it. Um, so those are really, that's my focus. And, you know, if I can make money doing it, then that's great. And if I can't make money doing it, then I'm still going to do it and I'll just, you know, have, uh, have something going on with my uh, technology staffing company on the side. So I'm bringing in money, but, um, But I think it's an important message out there uh, to get out there. And I think it's important for everybody to know that, um, that we all have the power to change our lives every single day. You know, if you are miserable in your job, you know how many people I, I just put a post up on my Facebook. Like I, I, The last two weeks, you're around Thanksgiving, you're seeing old friends, you're seeing new friends, you're Mm -hmm. seeing family. Consistently, I would hear from people, you know, I can't do this uh, because I have no money. I didn't grow up rich. I didn't grow up with money. I have nothing to start funding. I can't do this because I didn't go to college. I can't do this because I don't have the resources. And that's completely wrong. It's an excuse. Mm -hmm. We can do anything we want. I mean, we have something called the internet. If you don't know how to do something, there's a real powerful tool. It's called Google.
0: Google it. Search it up. Yeah, that's
1: right. I'm sure there's 100 videos that will kind of lead you in the right direction. So I don't, instead of saying can't, I say, well, yes, you can. And this is why. This person, okay, and again, I go back to like, hey, look at Shark Tank. There's people who go into Shark Tank. They grew up in the inner city. They had no resources. They had no money. Their family was broke. They've created a business worth millions because they wanted it. They put the time in. They put the hustle in. They did the research. They made it happen, right? And, yeah, you need to have some luck along the way. But, you know, I'm a big believer that the harder you work, the more luck you have. Yep. You create it, you manifest it. If you want something, talk about it. You know, if you like talk about it as much as you can, because eventually you're going to talk about it in a group of people and somebody's going to say, Oh, Hey, I know somebody who's done that before I can put you in touch with them. Mm -hmm. Or I know somebody who has these resources. I can put you in touch with them. And you know, that's happened to me over the past year with, you know, some of the side stuff that I'm doing. Right, uh, right. you can really manifest your future. Um, and, uh, and, and really that's what, it, that's what it's all about.
0: So success, Michael, you mentioned earlier that in life, money defined that for you. So what, uh, how do you define success now?
1: You know, it's such a, I, I love these questions like, Hey, are you, you know, how do you define happiness? Right. How do you Define wealth. How do you define success? I mean, my definition is probably different than yours, which is probably different than somebody else's. Like everybody has their own definition of success. But, uh, you know, for me, if I can have impact on other people's lives, if I can, you know, let other people know that, listen, you can be miserable right now, right? Um, You could be in a really bad state, but you can change that. I did Mm -hmm. You have to expose yourself. You have to surround yourself with positive people. Like I was saying before, listen to some podcasts that are positive. Okay. You, You have to brainwash yourself out of the negative thinking. Meditate, you know, love yourself. If you don't love yourself which I never did until the last year, then there's no way you're going to be able to love other people and give back and and really create the future and the success that you want. So for me, you know, success is defined as, um, as loving yourself, giving back to others and creating a positive universe around you.
0: And I totally agree. I mean, the whole thing about, you can become reliant on, spouse significant others people around you to quote unquote make you happy and it's just not that way you have to i totally agree you have to be internally satisfied content happy with yourself and you shouldn't expect that from others it's got to start with you so i totally agree with that
1: i'm single um but um i'm sure you know, I'm at a point now where I'm able to accept somebody else into my life because I do have that love for myself and for what I'm creating and what I'm giving back. And that's powerful for me. And again, it's, it's, you notice when I'm saying all these things, it's not tied to money, right? It's, it's not, it has been for years. And I'm not saying money isn't important. It is important. It allows us the freedom to kind of do things that, that we want right? Um, but it can't be the driving factor in the decisions that you make. It's just unhealthy.
0: Right, right. Well, Michael, it's been awesome spending a little bit of time with you today, and I'm sure everybody will also find value in our conversation today. Lastly, uh, where, can, where can people connect with you online? What social channels are you most active on right now? Where can we plug in and kind of follow what you, what's going on? Yeah, that's uh,
1: that's great. Um, So my website is michaelg-dash.com. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-D-A-S-H.com. So you can definitely find me there. You can find information about my book, which will be coming out in um, probably March. It's going to be called Chasing the High. Um, and, uh, kind of goes through my entrepreneurial journey and the challenges I faced with addiction and lawsuits and how I overcame them and kind of lessons learned and things of that nature. Um, you can also follow me on, on Facebook. I'm very active on, uh, on Facebook. Uh, it's just Michael dash in Salt Lake city, Utah. There's only one here. Um, and, uh, and my Instagram is M D A S H one.
0: Nice. Nice. M-Dash. Well, really enjoyed it, Michael. Thanks again and wish you the best as you prepare for uh, life ahead. Thank you
1: very much. It's been been a great conversation.
0: I hope you enjoyed the show today with Michael as he shared more on success and how to activate the best inside of you. I'll include additional info on Michael, including his website and social links and the podcast show notes. Remember to subscribe to the Activate podcast on iTunes, and you can also check out Englisheric.com. And again, I'm grateful you spent some time with me today.